This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Amp Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. So I, I, I know that, like, the three of us have all been in relationships and stuff for, for a little while, so, like, we, we know what this is like, but it's, I, I, I'm always curious to know whether or not, like, the listeners at home know what it's like to get, like, the question from your in-laws. Yeah, the question, like, the capital T, capital Q, the question from your in-laws, which is, you know, when, when are you going to start having kids? And that's, you know, we, we know that's a big question because having kids is a huge responsibility. It's a lot of money. It's, you know, it's a lot of personal responsibility. You need to be able to spend time with the child. You need to be able to, you know, you need to be able to put money towards its education. You uh, could just completely ignore them. I mean, you could. You could. That is an option. Um, Change your last name, pack a bag, yep. move to Wyoming. Yeah, boom. Exactly. Um, but instead, usually people stick around now. Now, there, there's, there's another question that is implied in this that is, that is a very literal question. It's a very biological question. It, is, uh, it's, it's, it remains implied because it's impolite, but it's being asked nonetheless. And that question is, when are you going to start coming inside my daughter? It, now, now, if we frame things like that, even the other questions seem a little bit weird. Like, you got, you got enough money to be coming inside my daughter? You stable enough to be coming inside my daughter? <laughs> How's your house? Is your house big enough to be coming inside my daughter? You got a yard? You got a nice side yard to be car? coming inside my daughter? You How's your car? A car to come inside my daughter? You got you got you got a third row in case you come inside my daughter a lot. <laughs> a lot. In case in case every time, in case every time you guys go to the mall, somebody thinks there's been some sort of unfortunate tapioca incident, and the survivors have dragged themselves away in a desperate attempt to peel the hot viscous fluid off of their skin before it seeps in and causes asphyxiation yeah anyways i don't want kids yeah the father-in-law son-in-law relationship is inherently a pimp john relationship it, it kind of even is. in the modern era even even now for me and my relationship and the way I feel when I go to my girlfriend's uh, dad's house, like, it's, I like him. He's a cool, like, he's a fun guy to, like, talk to. I think he's, like, really genuine. But there are moments where I feel like he's looking at me and I'm like, are you thinking about the way I fuck your daughter? Are you thinking, are you thinking, are you thinking about... Is this boy a generous lover? I'm sure what he's thinking is... 
this giant Polish man child that has rage, rage and cum coming out of his eyes is currently t- making love to my daughter. This, this like, bearded, shifty-eyed psycho comes into my home with my daughter. She drives him in her car, but apparently he's holding it down hard enough that, that she keeps bringing him back. That she finds him interesting. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to Worst in the Industry podcast, mm, the show where this sandbox full of man-children uh, attempts to build a castle with absolutely no foundation. My name is Justin St. Peter. This is my goddamn sand mold. Don't touch it. To my left. I'm the quartermaster of the sand castle, and I say pocket sand for everyone. Tomorrow. <laughs> My name's Tyler, and uh, I don't know, man. What's this episode about, Tyler? Yeah, I was gonna say it's Tyler's mandate. He he promised us a fun one because we hate ourselves after talking about Israel for two fucking episodes. He's writing a lot of checks that might not clear. Let's see how he does. How you guys feel about vitamins? It's, you know, I, I heard something described recently as having a multivitamin taste. Like, that was the flavor of it, was multivitamin. And okay. I, that's how I feel about vitamins. Vitamins taste like if chalk was a fruit. <laughs> okay. 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 I, I can, uh, I can see that. Yeah, but that tracks. Put a pin in that. We'll get back to vitamins in a little bit. <laughs> okay. The man this episode about, named Don Lapree. You guys heard of him? Don Lapree? No. The king of infomercials. Today we'll discuss his rags to riches, back to rags stories, one of our favorite types. Oh yeah. I love those. Rags to riches to rags are great, because the second rags is always way worse than the first rags. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's incredibly worse. So... Ugh. Don was one credit away from graduating high school, but Don said fuck that. Struggling in his late teens and early 20s, working for his father's painting business, but Don always had delusions of grandeur, much like a lot of the other people we talk about in this show, and he would sell furniture he found on the side of the road to try to, you know, get enough money to pay all his bills. Where's he from? What area of the, the country? Is he from America? Uh, Arizona. Where okay Mesa? Well, because I'm trying to formulate the character in my brain. I think it's Mesa. All right, so now so, he's wearing a bolo tie. He's life. His skin is like hard stained leather, mm. even at a even in his young teen years. Yep. And he's he's running around with a head full of meth. Got it. Yep. <laughs> so in early 1988, he finally thought he found his cash cow. Right. He started a company called the 1828 Club. It was a dating service with an incredibly unsettling name. Oh, yeah, that's, really? That's incredible. What, what is the significance of 1828? That's the range you have to be in to date there. Ah. Oh, am I right? <laughs> no, we all really like uh, the, the fucking uh, first Jackson administration. So that's what mm, I gotta mean. love that manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. I love the annexation of Texas from Mexico, and so I formed a dating app around it. 
In the Southwest, that's not out of bounds. Nope. Nope. So. No. Yeah. So he started this dating service, and he took on a bunch of debt to grow the business, and it, it failed. It just d- didn't fucking work out. So then he filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Good for him. Yeah. And then he and his soon-to-be br- soon bride, Sally Redondo, drove Redondo. to Vegas. Redondo. Drove to Vegas with no rings, barely any money, about $100. Got married. That's how you do it in Vegas. Yep, and then he told her, congratulations, we're married. I'm $35,000 in debt. (laughs) As you do. You gotta imagine the conversation, right? Because it was like, they have $100, right? So they're probably not even able to get a hotel. Wait, what year is this? 1988. That's like like $220 in today's money. So they could get at least, like, a few nights at a shitty motel. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. So, like, they're in the shitty motel after they've gotten married. She's wearing a veil with, like, a white snake t-shirt and ripped jeans. And he's wearing, like, the sweatiest collared shirt you've ever seen in your life. Like, more sweat than fabric. And they're just killing cockroaches. And he goes, hey, baby. (laughs) Like, as they're, like, stomping. Just stomping, stomping. (laughs) Killing all the fucking bugs and scorpions and shit that are in the room. He's just like, hey, baby, I'm so excited to start our life together. I just, I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. She's like, are you going to tell me that you're in debt? He's like, baby, 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 <laughs> we're in debt. Yeah. We're $35,000 Now, now, now you debt. owe $17,500 and I owe $17,500. our debt. Yeah. We share everything, baby. We share everything. And uh, he said about this time, quote, A normal guy would have been crippled by a lack of competence, but I was too naive to be negative. (laughs) I was too dumb to be aware of how bad things were. He claimed he was only (laughs) depressed one day a year. His birthday. No, he didn't didn't say which day. Probably tax day. (laughs) Probably his birthday. (laughs) Probably tax day. Oh my god, tax day. But, uh, uh... Don Le- this guy run for president for the Libertarian Party? <laughs> Sounds like it. He, uh, he might have. Um, What's next? A license to work your damn toaster? So, Don LaPree would go from here and start his constantly evolving scheme businesses. So this guy basically is like Eddie from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, he's always looking for a scam? Always trying to get that quarter? He's got three I hairs on his head? I thought you were going to say he's like Eddie from... Christmas vacation. Like a Shitter's, full. Shitter's full. Shitter's full. Well, he's I'm unemployed, but you know, I'm holding out for management. <laughs> I said that in front of management the other day because the like, compactor was full at work. Just turned around and like, oh, shitter's full. Oh, hey, oh, oh, you're my boss. <laughs> shitter's full. You know how shitter's I told full. you that <laughs> I, I gave my neighbor, I let him borrow the house, he let me borrow the RV. I lied. It's mine. <laughs> oh, Eddie, I couldn't be so more surprised if I woke up tomorrow with my fucking head sewn to the carpet. <laughs> Every time she runs the microwave, I piss my pants and forget my name for 15 minutes. <laughs> baby, baby, you you go get the kids inside and I'll, I'll put the rubber sheets on the bed and get the turtles. <laughs> oh, oh, it's because the implication of rubber sheets is either A, piss, or worse, to squirt. Actually, I wouldn't say that's worse. 
Do you, okay, do you let's, think those are the I only want, two I'm, things that rubber sheets are used for? Because they well, may, what, they what, very well may be dookieing on each other. Is it just? Do you think it's okay? Do we think it's dookie, squirt, piss, or lube? Oh, it might be blood. It might be vomit. It's there's all kinds of fluid that this might be. But Listen, Finn, Eddie, cousin Eddie is fucked cousin, up, man. He's he's. Okay, but what do we know about Cousin Eddie, though? He eats squirrels. I'm sorry, he used to eat squirrels, but he can't anymore because they're too high in cholesterol. Uh, he replaced the metal plate in his head for a plastic one because the microwave. Yep. Yeah. He, um, he's he, essentially a, a, a Mad Max savage who didn't get the nuclear apocalypse yet. He would go on to eventually have, like, 15 kids to get a bunch of checks from the government. That's from Vegas yes. Vacation. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't mind him. He's just hacking up a bunch. He oh. loves the taste of kitty litter. Yeah. No, that we was, uh, that that was, that was uh, Cat Treats. Cat Treats? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was just, like, fucking fancy feast. <laughs> so... Okay, back to Don LaPree. Yeah, yeah, ending the sidebar. I I just want to say, for end-all, be-all, I think it's piss. I think, yeah, yeah. For, for the record, piss. thank you, Colin. If it was Squirt, I would respect him more. But I think it's piss. Any, any fucking hoosers. So, in 1990, he would start a, quote-unquote, credit repair business, which might not be a great idea to buy into if it's ran by a guy that had fired filed chapter 7 bankruptcy two years before and is still in debt oh yeah i trust him no think no but you guys you guys that's the thing is you're thinking about this like from our perspective like knowing that he's a criminal but like think about it from the perspective of somebody he met on the street he's like hey i'm thirty-five thousand dollars in debt and this is what my credit score looks like like Look at, I know what I'm doing. I'm not just some asshole who's trying to bilk you out of money. I use this for me. Well, maybe he should show that he's paid off his debt and his credit score is better now. Oh, no, 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 no. Because yeah. you're going to have, the people who are coming to you for credit repair probably don't have money. They're probably going to take out debt to pay you. So, you know, you don't tell them that debt's a bad debt you're fucking yourself. So the ad for this company read, Visa, MasterCard, erase bad credit, cash loans for everyone. So that sounds wonderful. Yep. So the name of this business was called Unknown Concepts. Um, um, why why does this because credit repair it's, business it's have the same loans. names? But it's, it's, it's got the same loans. name as like a fucking magic shop in like fucking downtown nowhere, Wisconsin. Yep. Unknown Concepts is the name of an improv troupe from Rochester, New York, and half of the people in it are registered sex offenders. Unknown concepts is what comes out of my ass at night after I drink a whole 12-pack of fucking Miller High Life. Well, because it's all greasy and black. And peanut buttery. Ugh. So. Like, some left the peanut butter in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, according to quackwatch.com, he pitched it as being a place where people could get credit cards and other benefits when it actually just operated as kind of like a middleman service and you would pay them money and then they would just send you the contact information for these credit card companies. Yeah, it's okay. If they would be you... like, fucking call them. You do it. 
If if you use a real estate agent, if you use a mortgage broker, if you use um, literally any, like, big purchase that you're going to make or loan that you're going to take out or anything financially, if you are not talking with the person that you're getting money from or owing money directly to, you're being fucked. But they pitched it as, or, well, he pitched it as something that you pay us money and then we handle all of the shit and then we get back to you with how you can fix it, basically. When in reality, they just said, here's the information, you call. Um, And since this is, you know, fraud, um, they were found in violation of Arizona's Consumer Fraud Act and were ordered to pay civil penalties and $5,000 in restitution, as well as being barred from ever owning another credit-related business. That's a... Isn't uh, isn't Arizona also where they tested out all those Theranos blood testing places? Yep. So they got they're they're like ground like, I think with John Brinkley we saw that just all the con men moved west. Mm-hmm. Like after the Brooklyn Bridge guy, uh, <laughs> they they all just went out west. Yeah, this guy actually reminds me a lot of John Brinkley, and we'll talk about that later. So his next idea was called Cash Connections, and it was a book instructing people on how to get into the quote untapped market of federal home association refunds which the federal home association refunds in the 1990s were basically if you paid off your mortgage the government would send you a $1,500 check just for paying off your mortgage and you know it's like a a refund basically like hey you know good job fucking pat on the head here's your cookie Get the fuck out of here. Go die. Real estate is the backbone of the global economy, and if it ever collapses, we're fucked. But good thing that won't happen for another 20 years. Yep. So so while these uh, refunds legally belong to the people who paid off said mortgages, Don took it upon himself to make a book with all of the information of people who have not claimed these grants yet, call them, finish the refund process, and skim off the top for himself. So he would call these people who were legally getting a $1,500 um, check from the government, and all they did is they just didn't process the refund yet, and he would say, hey, 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 I got you, I'll finish it for you, you're going to get a $1,000 check in the mail. So he'd make $500 off of every single one of these. Oh yeah, with essentially no labor involved. Yep, he claimed he was making about $1,000 a day doing this in 1990. That's great. He's, great. he's like a he's like a harder working Matthew Lesko. Mm-hmm. Get this man a dollar sign suit ASAP. So yeah, total supervillain stuff. Just <laughs> so he would make his first infomercial selling this thirty six page instruction book with all of these people's information. It cost him about sixty cents to make, and he sold it for eighty five dollars, which is about one hundred seventy five dollars in today's money. So, not only would he sell these on 2AM infomercials, which would be his favorite way to sell things, he would put, quote, and he said this all the time, I shit you not, look up Don LaPree, and you'll hear hear him say this at some point. I put tiny classified ads in newspapers all over the United States selling this book. Basically, a little ad ad that says, like, make money. Call number, yeah. I still see, like, signs on the street that say shit like that. Are you high on drugs? Make 
money now. Yep. So through these thousands of classified ads in newspapers all across the country, he claimed to be making thirty to forty-five dollars profit per ad and was making about fifty thousand dollars a week just off of doing this. Sounds like I should start doing this. Yeah, right. So he claimed to become a multimillionaire in a year, which he did. So then he got himself a 900 number. Do you guys know what a 900 number is? No. It was this weird thing in the 90s. So there's 800 numbers, which are toll-free numbers. And then there's 900 numbers, which are, uh, you have to pay for them. Like, it just adds it to your phone. Oh, I know. These are the sex line numbers. Yeah, there's a lot of sex lines did 900 numbers. But um, there was a lot of them that, like, like his uh, ran, like, horoscopes, news, sports scores, and dating advice. Uh, It cost $2.99 a minute. And what he would do with this 900 number is also put out thousands of tiny classified ads in newspapers all over the country making him even more money because apparently this was an incredibly popular thing and i talked to my mom about it and she's like yeah people did it all the time people called these numbers all the time because you didn't want to read the newspaper and there wasn't the internet wasn't you know as big as it is now yeah it's like movie phone yeah kind of yeah so he then launched his late night infomercial show Don LaPree's Money-Making Secrets in 1992. This show was in the top 10 most-run infomercials in the country. (laughs) For the scale of how big he was, which I showed one of his infomercials to both of my parents, and they were like, oh, I remember this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. David Spade would play him twice in Saturday Night Live sketches. Shit. Mm Mm-hmm. That's an A-list cast member, too. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm, hmm. I mean, in the in the '90s, cast yeah, yeah David Spade was a fucking A-list cast member. Yep. Do you guys remember in the '90s when the most handsome you could be while being funny was David Spade? No, because I was born in '95. Have y'all seen him recently? He's looking pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna see. Uh, Michigan's least favorite son. There's actually a really great David movie. David Spade's from Michigan. Did you not know that? Yeah. yeah. No. There's actually from, uh, Birmingham. There's actually a really funny movie on Netflix that he was in. Uh, it was called uh, The Wrong Missy, or something like that. It's actually really funny. I did not see that. It was good. It was good. It's I worth watching. It was, uh... It's pretty funny. Cool. Um, and David Spade looks old, and uh, that's part of the joke of it is that he's yeah. The but... mustache that he has is aggressively pedophilic. Yep. No yeah. mustache anymore. No mustache anymore. No mustache. Thank God. Good, good no. for him. So, um, this show, like, this, like, 30-minute infomercial that he would run, um, it was for him to hawk a package of books, audio tapes, uh, videotapes, and tips on how to run a 900-number business. For $39.99, this could all be yours. But just wait, there's more. (laughs) Some of the tips were, quote, get rid of your ugly friends. And, quote, don't quit your day job. That's great. <laughs> it's, how do you keep making money? For the I'm love of God, I'm still convinced working. we should just do this. Yeah. So, what people didn't realize is that his money-making guide didn't actually include any, like, real, like, business tips. 
that was up for the buyer to come up with a product to sell, and then he sold his schemes on tiny classified ads and 900 numbers. And he that's how, what he told people to do, is like, yeah, just get a 900 number and, like, sell something. But that's the thing, though, right? Is that, like, the whole... He's, he's showing, like, the true face of capitalism mm-hmm. and going, like... Well, if anybody can do it, right? Okay, well, sure, anybody can do it. But the only way I can do it is by lying that anybody can do it. And then when anybody tries to do it, they're fucked. Unless they already had a bunch of money and a bunch of good credit and a bunch of people who are willing to give them money. Like, it really, yeah, yeah, sure. I guess anybody can do it. If by anybody you mean, like, 6% of the population. Yeah, right. At best. And the other thing that came with this package is you could order, you could pay for other things from him. Um, like, this was in the infancy of the internet. You could uh, get websites set up through him. Oh boy, back when it was just nerds and porn. Yep. Um, and, like, other things to, like, you know, start a company or whatever. Um, which, all of these things would never come to fruition. That, that You would never get a website, like... <laughs> it, it wouldn't happen and when these people called the 800 number customer service line uh nobody would answer yeah because fuck them yep because fuck them why so, would i staff a call center when i'm not gonna help these people anyway yeah so now let's say just for sake of uh sake of conversation here you came up with an incredible product to sell colin what are you selling uh i'm selling sex lube for dogs all right all right justin what are you getting what are you selling a 10-foot pole to keep Colin away from me. <laughs> uh, peanut butter for humans. That's just <laughs> called peanut butter. What? You came up with an incredible product to sell, but don't worry, Don Laprise got your back. So he started a... Well, he wanted to start a retail chain called the Incredible Product Store. Now, Don couldn't get weighed down by buying your sex lube for dogs and Justin's 10-foot pole to keep Colin away, and sitting on all that inventory with the overhead. No, there would be no products in this store, okay? Basically, it's just a bunch of fucking mall kiosks with information about the product you're selling, and then you would be contacted by potential customers that would just walk through this place, and then you could sell them your product crowdsourced advertising and it's you like you gotta you gotta pay for the space too yeah yeah he's like he's like i will get uh you don't have the money or the time or the products necessary to own and maintain a mall kiosk i will buy a store that and i will make it cheaper for you to have a mall kiosk and then he's he invented real life etsy this is like physical etsy yep basically the way it worked Potentials would come in, browse like the mall kiosks, and I'm yeah, well, I'm, my dog I'm has been complaining about all that friction. I'm just imagining how sad this place would look, just full of everyone's just last ditch effort to try to make some money. And you know, the only people going into this store are like old women after bridge mm-hmm. and uh alcoholics who haven't been able to tell their wives they got fired yet 
Like, it's it's not a lively crowd. It's a bunch of people who are also thinking about buying into the scheme and opening a kiosk. It's the only reason you would be in that store is if you literally had absolutely, positively, nothing else to do. Including dying faster. Yep. The best quote I heard somebody describe what this place would look like is it's a museum of broken dreams. I want to I go love that Green to... Day song. I would pay, like, 15 bucks to go to the museum of broken dreams. Yeah, right. Dude? What is, okay, what is the gift shop like in the museum of broken dreams? A gift, a gift shop. So. <laughs> wait, it, the museum of broken dreams. I <laughs> walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Like, you gotta say, right? Like, dog lube. Cause my dog's dick is really raw. So. So, Sue uh, me, Green Day. I want you to read that in court. So, fuck you. He did an interview, and the interviewer was really excited about this place. Like, the interviewer sounded like, Yeah, this sounds like a great idea. You want to know who it is? The dad of this shithead. Oh boy. Come on. The dad of... Oh, man. Rhythmbot didn't play. It was Alan Thicke, father of shithead Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke? Thick? Yeah. Oh, that stripey <laughs> son of a bitch. Yep. Didn't didn't Robin Thicke commit, like, a sex crime? Yeah, he also got sued by Marvin Gaye's estate for ripping off the beat of the only hit song he ever made. That's good. Yep. Hey, yeah, fuck good. Him. Yep, fuck him. So... A little bit after this, in 1994, Don LaPree was forced to pay the state of Arizona $45,000 for unemployment and withholding taxes that he neglected to file in 1993 and 1994. So, after that, he launched the National Lifetime Reminder Service, which would send you a letter in the mail to remind you of, like, people's birthdays, anniversaries, like, Whatever you wanted to be reminded of, they would send you a little letter in the mail that says, like, hey, you know, Uncle Joe's anniversary is this day, and, like, why not just get a calendar? Um, oh, so it's a whole service for the only reason that I use Facebook anymore. If this guy had been born 20 years later, he would be a Silicon Valley millionaire. Oh, yeah. Because all he'd be doing is shitting out those apps that steal all your information all day, mm-hmm. but have, like... A bright little goblin figure that like runs around and asks you math problems. Yep. So this costs thirty nine dollars for a lifetime. Okay. Forty bucks. Yeah, That's forty a pretty bucks. Good deal. Yeah, right. thirty nine dollars for the rest of my life. Uh huh. So it was thirty nine dollars, and it was advertised on infomercials and whatnot. But it was heavily advertised. To get you to buy a hundred memberships for three hundred and ninety dollars, and then you go sell the memberships for thirty-nine dollars. Why that's genius. And Doesn't then, that and then sound you familiar? Can sell, you can sell a hundred memberships to somebody else. And then they and can then sell a hundred memberships. And then and then you'll create some some sort of shape that's it's wide supposed. at the it's wide at the base and it comes to a point at the top, and it's it is 
There's a word Wait, for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we? I just want to. I'm doing the math in my head, but I'm not exactly. Uh, you know, so hundred memberships for three hundred and ninety dollars. That's uh, three dollars and ninety cents per membership. Okay, so if you sell all of them mm-hmm. for thirty nine dollars, three hundred and sixty bucks. No, you'll make a decent amount of money. No, right? Because if you if you pay three ninety, then you sell them sell for them, forty. Hold on, hold on. 39, 39, 39 times oh 100. I'm sorry, we're doing math now. It's, 39 the, the times The show is ground to a halt because someone has asked the boys to do math. Welcome 39 times 100 industry. is $3,900 minus 390. You'd profit about 3500 bucks if you sold all 100 memberships. Like a decent chunk of cash. Yeah, not bad. I mean, that's like not... I mean, it's a are pyramid you, scheme, but, you know. Are you betting on that you can find that many suckers? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yep. And if you're spreading that out, if you, like, let's say you only sell, like, one a month, like, you're fucked. Yeah. It was advertised as, like, it's super easy to sell. You'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. And one of the ways I'm that, selling you, aren't I? Yeah. The One of the ways that Don LaPree said how to sell it is he's like, you don't even have to do a sales pitch. You can just, like, Colin, what if I came up to you and told you, listen, I heard about this thing. It's $39. And they will send you a letter in the mail anytime you want to be reminded of something for the rest of your life. Doesn't that sound good? And if they say, nah, that doesn't really sound that great, you say, yeah, you know, I was thinking about it, but maybe it's not a great idea. That's fucking stupid, first of all. Because he just said, this isn't a sales pitch. Then describes a sales pitch in detail. Yep. Like and then it's like, take no for an answer, which is bad sales advice. Mm-hmm. What you should do if you're trying to sell this is you should be talking with your friend. You should go, hey, friend, Tyler, when's your wife's birthday? And your friend goes, uh, fuck, uh, shit. And you go, Wow. That'd be a real problem, right? That you couldn't remember your wife's fucking birthday, you low-life scumbag. What if I told you you could pay $39 on the fucking side, Um, and you'll get letters addressed to you, so your wife won't open them, telling you when things are happening. Birthdays, anniversaries, your kids' birthdays, their names. (laughs) You'll You'll get reminders, and then you'll seem like a great husband, you'll get your dick sucked, You'll get that promotion at work because you remember Janice and HR's fucking stupid bitch birthday and her dumb fucking awful cats. Then then you'll remember your mother-in-law's birthday. So all of a sudden you're getting your dick sucked every day of the week. That's the sales pitch. Is that how you sold all them laptops? That's how I sold all them laptops. I showed people how to set reminders on their calendar and windows. I caused a few blowjobs. Nice. Did you now? Definitely. And I also helped people launder their drug money. Not a bad way to do it. Not a bad way to do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are worse ways. Can I pay for this laptop in cash? We don't ask questions. We're an electronics store. Yeah. So the Better Business Bureau said about this business, uh, quote, there's misrepresentation of the program, poor customer service, and difficulty obtaining a refund. Not surprised. That sounds like literally every subscription service I've ever used. Yep. Sounds like a company. Lapree's empire was starting to show its true face, and complaints were rolling in 
newspapers were taking people's stories about losing thousands of dollars to Laprise companies. Uh, and I'm going to quote from uh, the Phoenix New Times. Quote, Jeff Knowles of ERA says it's not uncommon for the get-rich-quick get sermonizers like Lapree, who've scored tremendous success with one product, to run into financial trouble later on. An infomercial can cost $600,000 to produce, not to mention the cost required for a half-hour block of airtime averaging $800. So it's no wonder why TV pitchmen develop cash flow problems. It's not unusual for marketers who have made a lot of money with one product to fall on hard times and wind up in bankruptcy. The better established infomercials companies are concerned about the long-term and relationships with customers. They sell a range of products and establish a good relationship with customers, honor refund requests, and stay out of regulatory problems. Laprie did none of those things. It's not unusual. Empire starting to come down. This guy reminds me a lot of Mike Lindell, too. Yep, he's got, yeah. like, Mike Lindell, he's got, like, uh, he's got John Brinkley. It's it's like the methods of Mike Lindell mm -hmm. with the mind of John Brinkley. Yep. I'm just happy he didn't find any testicles he wanted to shove into anybody. So. I'm wor I'm upset that he didn't. In 1997, brought bought a $269,000 home for his mother in Prescott, and then signed a contract for more than $130,000 to have a Disney-esque water feature constructed on the property. He subsequently was sued for breach of contract and wound up paying upwards of $40,000 to the contractor. In June, just before filing for bankruptcy again, he invested more than $10,000 to have a pool tiled at his home near uh, Cave Creek, where, according to the contractor, his brother was living. Laprie paid seven months later. The contractor said, I have a small company, and about $10,000 is two months of operating expenses. Uh, two days before Christmas, I told the Laprie assistant, I didn't know if my daughter was going to have a Christmas or not. Two hours later, they said the check's ready. Wow. The guy this had is... to literally turn into a fucking, like, 90s Christmas carol. Yep. This is like fucking, uh, it's like Donald Trump and the shit that he did, except they, uh, like, if you get paid, you get paid, like, half what you were promised, and seven months later, uh, or not at all. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so, let's get to the greatest vitamin in the world. Brain force. Is it vitamin Q? It's not brain force, but my brain is still hard from brain force. What about blue chew? Oh, so we get some of those blue chew So calcified. So, hard it's 2005. Okay? I am 10 years old. I am the, 8 years old. The greatest vitamin in the world comes out. Essentially, the same multivitamin formulation that you could buy at a drugstore for $4.00 but they claim the formulation was so revolutionary it could cure Crohn's disease, diabetes, cancer. If you had it, it could cure it. Oh, boy. It's, it's, what is, was it snake oil flavored? or? Okay. You want to hear something even better? Yeah. It's made of Be chalk. Speaking of the formulation, the chief formulator was uh, charged with manslaughter like two years before this. Two years before? 
Yeah. Well, if you if you <laughs> kill a person, then you know what can hurt them and you guys, can't. You guys want to hear the story about that? Yeah, let's hear yeah, that it's... fucking story, man. Okay, so Mormon <laughs> and his wife's a Mormon. <laughs> You've already said oh, all you needed boy. to say. It so, was the Challenger explosion. <laughs> so he was having a. This guy was having an affair with his assistant, and then him and his wife got divorced. That's exactly like Joseph Smith. So. And then, so this guy went back to his wife, and they were hiking through Utah, and his wife said that she saw God and jumped off a cliff. She didn't die. Sure, sure she did. She, she didn't has, die. She jumped. Oh, so does she have oh, oh, no. two hard handprints on her back? She, she said she jumped. She didn't die. Okay, she didn't die from this. After she recovered, because she didn't get, like, hurt, like, too bad, apparently. Like, she had a couple, like, you know, broken bones or whatever. But a couple months after this, like, she was, like, telling people, like, I'm gonna die soon. Apparently, she was in quite a bit of pain. So, um, this guy paid a physician's assistant to come to their house and inject her with painkillers. And because the physician's assistant way overdid the dose uh she peed all over the bed so he picked her up got her out of bed bed and put her in the bathtub and then she drowned i don't none of this was an accident she didn't jump so she drowned he didn't call an ambulance he called the he he called the physician's assistant and the physician's assistant called an ambulance on the way over there and he there was a lot of allegations being thrown around that in her state that he drowned her which is not surprising but they couldn't prove it so he didn't get first degree he didn't get second degree he didn't get third degree they charged him with manslaughter for not uh calling an ambulance right away um he got five years in prison he was out after a year and four months so I oh and oh the... and before his trial uh he married his uh assistant within a month can i just want to say it's important to me right in these situations to imagine how fucking hot and steamy that sex must have been like you are in like a smoke tinged office at noon with the fucking wooden blinds drawn you're just like fucking Pound and out your assistant and then you go home and you're like i gotta kill my wife mm-hmm. <laughs> i gotta bump this bitch off or i will not if i go to my heaven planet and that bitch is there it will be hell for me it, I she's need still to get gonna rid be of there her. she's still gonna be there by mormon faith she'll she'll she is she is married to him forever so oh yeah she'll be his slave in the afterlife there. yep yep so I like that Mormonism and Ed Kemper have the same religious beliefs. Yep. After being chastised by the Better Business Bureau again, and now the FDA, uh, the Better Business Bureau would put out a statement. I'm going to quote from that statement. Based on Better Business Bureau files, the greatest vitamin in the world has an unsatisfactory record with the Bureau due to failure to substantiate its advertised claims and a pattern of complaints. I forgot to mention... Not only do you buy these vitamin bottles for $40 when you could go to the drugstore and get it for 
you can become a distributor. Explain how. It's a triangular distribution method that yeah. I think you might be interested in. <laughs> so, we I call it top-down economics. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah right. It's trickle it down. A, it, it is a man-loving man business. Uh, no, wait, that's it's, not what that means. It's called trickle-up economics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna continue the quote from the BBB. Uh, co complaints are concerning refund practices. Specifically, complaints allege the inability to cancel the sale or service in accordance with the company's refund policy. Although the company has responded to complaints presented by the Bureau, the company has failed to correct the underlying reason for the complaints. The company has responded to the Bureau's advertising inquiry, however. They failed to substantiate the following, adver the following advertised claims. Our company will pay you $1,000 up front or up to $200 a month for the rest of your life every single time you can get 20 new people to try our amazing vitamin. Every week we will pay you all the revenue earned the week prior. This is the easiest way in the world to start generating $1,000 checks over and over again. Our top people have made thousands and thousands of dollars doing this. Each month you get just 100 new vitamin clients, we will pay you a $5,000 bonus. And the top independent advertisers who create 100 new vitamin clients will also get a $1,000 bonus. We are endorsed by the NBCCA representing most teams in the NBA. We use the highest grade and most absorbable nutrients known to man. They could not back up any of those claims. I would be so fucking good at this. I would be making so much fucking money. Well, they can. Uh, they I can. Were selling this. Apparently, this chief formulator could do that. Um, when he went to an unaccredited holistic medical school, <laughs> just oh, like it, John Brinkley. Bingo. Ah, he got ghosts in your blood. You should do cocaine about it. Yep. So this company <laughs> would eventually be shut down by Laprie in 2007 after he lived out the worst in the industry dream. He got raided by Uspis. Yes! Yes! <laughs> they got him! We they got, got him! <laughs> A warrant for mail got... fraud and other crimes were carried out. His fucking head got sheared off by... They don't have real guns, they just have guns that, like, shoot envelopes. Oh, I was gonna say, so he just got fucking real ventilated hard? by, like, a mailbox with a... Death pen. by a thousand paper cuts. <laughs> they, they stick him in place with the, the letter glue. Just... He, he got his fucking... He got decapitated by a manila envelope. Yup. <laughs> so, oh, shit, man. Ag again from quackwatch.com. In 2008, the Maryland Department of Securities banned LaPree and the Greatest Vitamin in the World, LLC, from continuing to do business in Maryland. The cease and desist order states that the company was not registered to sell business opportunities and had failed to provide refunds to dissatisfied customers as promised. In June 2011, LaPree was charged with conspiracy, mail fraud, wire fraud, and money laundering. The indictment alleged... The Holy Trinity. LaPree's sales pitch for the greatest vitamin program greatly exaggerated its income potential. Buyers were never told that their internet-based businesses would ultimately be competing against more than 200,000 other businesses offering the same exact limited number of products in essentially the same manner. Although their initial investments were small, 
buyers were sold expensive marketing programs that had little to no potential for generating sales. From 2004 to 2007, 226,794 people invested more than $51.8 million and received just $6.3 million in commission. And one of the things that I really want to stress there is when they talked about 200,000 other businesses because he would sell people a website for you to sell this vitamin on. And he's like, yeah, don't worry, the website's going to be great. What they would do is they would just copy paste and they made 200,000 different websites for the same fucking product. So if he had basically a quarter of a million people invest in him mm-hmm. to get a total of just over $58 million. $51.8 million. Fifty-one. So these people are like on average are sending him like uh, just under $25,000. Mm-hmm a piece yep and uh in total those quarter of a million people only got 6.3 million dollars in commission totally so they definitely didn't get a return on their investment there are like parts of the midwest especially at the time like this is mid-2000s like that's a year's salary yeah right there or or for if you're lucky that's half a year's salary at like a decent factory job yep so He was charged with 41 counts of conspiracy, mail fraud, wire fraud, promotional money laundering, and transactional money laundering. A federal judge issued a bench warrant for LaPree on June 22, 2011, and he failed to appear at his first arraignment. (laughs) Then he came and represented himself. Five days later, he was arrested in Tempe, Arizona at a Lifetime Fitness Center, where he had reportedly lived for two days. With serious, self-inflicted knife wounds to his groin, the wounds led authorities to believe that Laprie had attempted suicide while at Lifetime Fitness by attempting to sever the femoral artery. I mean, what? What? The a food at Lifetime weed. is bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, frozen yogurt is a poor substitute for ice cream, and I don't care where you get it from. But like that's I like the sauna there. I haven't been to a Lifetime in a long time. But it's a it's a nice place to kill yourself, I guess. It's yeah. I guess, fucking stab yourself in the dick to death in a lifetime fitness locker room. Jesus. There's a lot of drains in the floor, so it's easy cleanup. Everything's tiled. Well, imagine no. if he just tried to do it like while he was fucking do- on the rowing machine or something. No, he's probably having a schwitz. <laughs> just having fucking schwitz. going at it. He's got a steak and. Oh, oh! Imagine oh, all being all hot and sweaty trying to kill yourself by cutting your dick vein. That sounds horrifying. Uh, so honestly killing myself by cutting well my it's dick it was it was, wasn't his dick it's vein like it's it's not it's not like yet yeah, yeah it's the area. two veins that run up your thighs the he big old veins it, he was doing it in his fucking his his leg armpit yeah the, the leg pit yeah so on uh you know that little area you lick on your lady when you want to surprise her <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah she's like that's Ooh. where he was cutting so on october 2nd 2011 so about three months after this while in jail awaiting his trial which was scheduled to begin two days later on october 4th 2011 um he died the autopsy report stated that he died of a massive blood loss after slicing his own throat with a razor blade and then wrapped himself in sheets to conceal the massive blood loss from anyone that might try to save him yeah that definitely doesn't sound like he got suicided Live free, die hard. And that's the ballad of Don LaPree. Don LaPree. 
I just want to say, let's let's give it up for a real one, fellas. Yeah, that, he truly is he, one of the worst in the industry. Goddamn. He did it. Hey, he did the right. He he did the right thing. He did the right thing in the end. He got raided by Uspis. Got raided yeah, by Uspis. Fucking slit his own throat. Like tried good. to slice his femoral arteries. That's trying, he, trying to stab he, himself in the in the dingles. Imagine, imagine how good it would have been felt. How how good you would have felt. If that's how the one Coke brother had died, like he should have killed himself too, but this guy did it. We got one. You know, this is the thing. This is I love this shit because we talked about this when we were talking about Theranos. Because Theranos was like the first time that we'd covered somebody who things that weren't going well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is nice. It's nice to know that people get hurt eventually even if the rest those people that he fucked up and like you know fucked over never got their money back at the very least he cut around his fucking dick like he was carving a turkey with parkinson's why does the turkey have parkinson's do you guys want to know the one that i was gonna do that would have made you really mad yeah i was gonna i was gonna gonna do do it right yeah I was going to do Mother Teresa. Oh, God. That would make me mad. I'd be laughing at that dumb, dead Catholic broad. <laughs> oh, I know she took all the money from those dictators. And... Never mind. Well, I don't want to do oh, yeah. You know what? Ang- now I take it back. I am getting angry now. I can- yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah, save that for the Mother Teresa episode. I'm yeah, j- just wait until I'm telling you guys about uh, all of the... Uh, hypodermic needles that were washed in tap water and were used until they were dull and rusted because being poor means that you get to endanger everybody else's life too one of the one of the greatest quotes i read about her was uh she was not a friend to the poor she was a friend to poverty yeah no that's 100 percent right that's mm-hmm. that's you know what and obviously we're gonna do the episode we're gonna talk about it more but that's the thing about uh, organized religion that I've found more than anything. Uh, all of them uh, safeguard and, uh, like, encourage pedophilia. Yeah. And all of them, like, love the things that make people suffer and make people desperate, uh, so desperate that they need a church. Because then they tell people, you're suffering like Christ. Your suffering has meaning. It's, yeah. you give them, you give them the, like, that emotional, like... Uh, fucking comfort that's like oh no it's okay is this isn't this isn't happening for no fucking reason or even more so this isn't happening because there's like a bunch of billionaires that run the fucking world and literally make money off of your blood sweat and tears every second of every day no your suffering is metaphysical your suffering is spiritual your suffering strengthens your faith even though your suffering is literally making me money as I'm saying this. I can't hear the word metaphysical anymore and not think of Alex Jones saying metaphysical. I I just, I I was thinking about the... He says metaphysical and metaphysically so often now, and he has no idea what it means. He He was like... Like I did when I was 17. I was thinking about that the other day, metaphysically. I've been thinking about Alex Jones a lot, um, because I've also been thinking about occultism a lot. And I think he is he is the true successor to um, Anton LaVey. Yep. I got he, a business cult coming up here soon. I was doing a little ooh. bit of research on it, too. Anton, ooh, yeah. 
But, like, Anton LaVey is, like, the true successor of Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones is the true successor of Anton LaVey. Like, they are they are the antagonist. They they are powered off antagonism. They, ha- they have, like, a bunch of wooey, mis- like, pseudo-mystical bullshit to coat whatever they're selling you. Yeah, but Alex Jones has that specific type of victim complex that can only come from hard-right conservatives. But Anton LaVey had that, too, and so did Aleister Crowley. Not as hard. Not because they Al- didn't... Aleister Crowley was constantly thinking he was being persecuted. But well, that's Aleister... Because Anton, well, that's because Aleister Crowley loved it, and two, Anton LaVey, like, he, he, he pushed that persecution because that was the angle that uh, fucking Satanism was taking yeah. in, in the United States, was like, Neither... hey, like, w- this is being fucked up. Like, this, yep. this is, like, like, yes, I'm being antagonistic, but, like, following the rules and neither of those people sold brain force and tactical bats no but that's that's the thing though right is that like the the further out you get from that capital source right because alistair crowley born a nobleman a lot of his money was inherited at least at first and then he had to do like grifts on other rich people later uh anton levey not born dirt poor born like middle class and then like we don't know about a lot of his life because a lot of it can be contested because the only source is him. Uh, yep. And then would eventually like make money off of occultism. Alex Jones doesn't have the luxury of being born in a time where it's common to have that much money from to begin with. So he's always had to be like directly tied to the product. It's the same thing we talked about with Mike Lindell that like if Mike Lindell, like Mike Lindell was able to do what he did because of when he was born. If he was born later, he would be like a TikTok pyramid schemer, like yep. influencer, like same like Alex Jones is just the next evolution, and he's using mysticism and that like conspiracy, like magical mindset, and fighting magical the thinking. literal Christian devil. Exactly, exactly. They're goblins. Mm-hmm. They're goblins. They smell like sulfur. Like he is. He's pegging him. He's he is the opposition. Those people, even if they're not conservative, Anton LaFay and Aleister Crowley, their mindset and their ideology is inherently reactionary. And that's why I think Alex Jones is their, the, he's the Antichrist. <laughs> All right. Do we, do we have anything approximating a sort of call to action on this one? Um, or is don't. it just like... Okay, if you, have to, if you have to pay money for a job... It's not a job, it's a period. It's not a job. Yeah. That's a fucking pyramid scheme. If you are buying inventory for you to sell, it's not a job. Um, the best advice I could give you is you do what every good producer does. Never put your own money into it. Mm-hmm. If you're paying for something, don't use your money. Mm-hmm. Make somebody else pay for it. Yep. 100%. All right, well. All right. This has been Financial Advice with Three Broke Podcasters. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you again for tuning in this week. This has been yet another episode of Worst in the Industry. Uh, This podcast, the one that you've been listening to for the past hour-ish. Next week... We, we've got an Amazon episode that's coming out very soon, as soon as I'm done drinking myself into a coma while trying to edit it. 
Um, it's a good episode, I promise. I just, it's, I... It there's, a, there's an audio delay. There's That's, an audio yeah, delay. An issue. It's, you know, I, I struggle self-control. And, uh, he's resorted to that thing they do on The Expanse where, like, they drink space uh, antifreeze and use that for alcohol. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever I can get. Uh, yeah, he's cutting lines in his basement and just seeing what drips out. Yeah, you know, how it tastes... Stuff like how that. it smells no, um it's we're, we're gonna have a, uh, some new episodes for you soon we'll be doing that uh doing that mother Teresa episode shortly colin you've got your oil episodes coming up all my teeth are falling out i look like you know the the time lapse from return of the king when you see smeagol become Gollum. that's what's happening to me all right all my teeth are falling out and my eyes are getting big and white <laughs> all right well bye. bye bye everybody love you kisses Thank you.